0: But I think the main thing is, at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same 9 by 9 court, and the rules are the same. So we, uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt?
1: Yeah, that's on A little
0: <laughs> free shout-out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win.
1: What's going on, everyone? It is Tuesday, December 5th. It is episode 99 of the 9 by 9 it is the best 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. My name is Everett Delorme from Toronto. That is Rob St-Clair from Chi-Town. and we've got a great week of volleyball uh to recap uh to get it going. But first and foremost, um if if you're a member of the Canadian volleyball community, um you know that uh we've been we went through this last weekend with heavy hearts. Um there was a tragic incident uh, up at uh, Thompson Rivers Universities where three members of their men's ball well team um, were part of a, a horrific crash. Uh, as of now, one member of the team has passed away and two more are in critical con- condition in hospital. Um, so we want to send our, our best thoughts and regards to the family of Owen McKinnis and our best wishes to uh, Owen Waterhouse and Riley Brennan. Who are in the hospital at uh in Kamloops um we have added the uh the GoFundMes for these athletes and the memorial fund as well uh below so if you're able to uh definitely feel the need or er, feel free to uh, go um uh, go down there and support um basically they were on their way home from practice and a big truck came in speeding and crushed into them. Um, And uh, yeah, it was great to see the coming together from the entire volleyball community over the weekend. Um, Moments of silence everywhere, orange being worn everywhere, Um, but tough time for uh, a lot of people right now. So we just want to send our regards to them.
0: Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. Can't can't imagine what that community is going through, what Canadian volleyball is going through, what youth sports volleyball is going through. The support has been huge, but uh, the blink of an eye, the worst thing possible happened to that team in that community. So our best to them. Yeah, all the links are in the description to go help them support. Uh, If you're able to do that, please go check that out. Uh, yeah, there's 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 nothing to say to to lighten the blow of this one. Our our, our hearts definitely with everyone in Canadian volleyball. Our hearts definitely with everyone uh,
1: over at Tom's Rivers because that's going to be a uh, not a fun thing to go through. No. All right, let's get to uh, not some real volleyball, but uh, the stuff that the, <laughs> that you guys are you guys are here for. Um, massive week in the champions league We uh, last week and rob honestly last wednesday might have been one of my favorite volleyball days in a long time it was just banger after banger after banger um so much was going on so many good matches so much good action let's start with the women's side first and foremost we have to talk about the return of paula agonu to Vakov of bank that, that, that this was—I thought this one was going to be an all-time classic. Me too. <laughs> I thought this—I thought this one was going to be an absolute banger, and it was almost an hour and shower. It was dongiest of dongs. It was a slaughter—an <laughs> absolute slaughter.
0: This was a donging of the highest order, a sixty-five-minute beatdown in Turkey. And I mean, what seventeen, seventeen, sixteen? This this was this is not even a little bit close. I mean, the not the the, the splits like the first two sets started off eight to three, and then it just kept on getting worse. It was uh, a remarkable performance from Maloneza. I mean, I I watched this game. I was really excited about it because there were so many storylines. Obviously, Agonu against her old team, but also Kerabiyama and Nikadaltrop. You got to remember right. how many. Players that Malonza pulled away from Vakov Bank this off season. And this just was never even close. <laughs> I mean, Egonu, 21 points, 14 for 31, three blocks and four aces. That was impressive. Uh, Dana Retke, second highest Dana score Rettke. for Malonza, 10 yeah. for 12, attacking with two blocks. I love to see that. She's like pretty clearly the second best or maybe even best American middle blocker right now because she definitely outplayed Shako Bogu head to head in this game. And uh, the I, I did the math on Vakith Bank's outside hitters combined. This was Gabi, who, who's the best outside in the world, plus Ali Franti and Bianca Boucher. Nine for 35, six errors, 0.08 efficiency. And Jordan Thompson, their primary score at opposite, wasn't very good. So no. add all that up and you get a
1: 65-minute hour and shower. This was a beatdown. In at home for Vodka Bank, yeah. too. That to me is the most astounding of it all because this is like this is the two-time defending champs. This is this is Vodka Bank we're talking about. This is some of the best crowds in the world, right? Home court advantage should mean something. You you you're, you're welcoming in the player that just won you a championship. This should mean something. Like th- this is absolutely incredible. Um, to me, it like it just a reminder that agonu is is still one of the best players in the world but this is serious alarm bells for me for vaka bank like this needs to be this 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 has to be like a players only type of meeting like what is going on here like that th- this is inexcusable. so i'm curious to see how they respond from this because
0: remember something pretty similar happened to them last year where they got knocked out of i, I think it was the Sultana League semifinals like remember well, after the after the earthquake in Turkey yeah. happened last year did, there, there yeah. was all that crazy jumbling of the calendar they were playing like all these crucial matches like right on top of each other and they, they law bucket lost to Fenerbahce early much earlier than they should have and then responded by going out and winning the Champions League uh and and we suspected at the time that something like a players only meeting probably happened in that locker room then and they were able to turn it around and win the Champions League so that that sort of thing has happened to this club before. The difference is now they don't have Paolo Agono anymore. Do they no. have the weapons to make a similar turnaround this year to get back towards the top of European and global volleyball where they belong? And I, I'm honestly not sure. I'm not sure.
1: Uh I'm not I'm not sure either, right? Because this is this is essentially the same team. Like it's Gabi and 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 team and, and co. But unfortunately, like Jordan Thompson is not what Isabel Hawk is, nor what Paolo Agone is in terms of of presence on that right side. Right. Um, And there's, there's always been a little bit of balance there for Vakif Bank. And it's just, it's just not there at the moment. Right. And unfortunately that P2 position has really been struggling for them as well. Like that's, that's like Franti was Bad in this one, and she and she was a bit of a hole. Like not only attacking, but her reception was terrible. Eighteen percent positive, eighteen uh, percent perfect. Like that's 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 not good enough. No, you know. So it's. I don't know if the like, like, Valkyrie is going to need to change their play style to a much more even play style. Like, they're going to need to be a lot stronger down the middle than they were in, in this one if they're going to need to be a threat long-term both in the Super League and in the, the Champions
0: League. That's what I was going to bring up is this middle duo of Zehra Gunesh and Chako Bogu who's able to play Champions League because there's no foreigner limit. Like That probably should be on paper the best middle blocker duo in the world. That yeah. should be that should be as good as any middle blocker duo anywhere in club volleyball anywhere, but, and, and it,
1: it has been for a no. long time.
0: Right, but but this year it's not, and uh, definitely John Suo's by has been part of the problem there. Or her setting this season so far has not been good enough. Although we've seen her kind of have a long period roller coaster situation where she goes through a couple bad months and then writes the ship in time for the end of the season. So that's d- definitely something I have my eye on. But this is just a very good reminder of how good Paola Egonu is. That was my, my main takeaway here. Yeah, she, she got a little bit of fire underneath her playing against her old team and looked like the best player in the world sort of athlete that
1: we've seen for five years now. Yeah, hundred percent. And that, like that's like Agonu's is always gonna have that ability to turn it on. Like she has that that Kobe esque extra level. That one when, when things need to get going, like she can get it going. Um, and and that was that was fully. And like to me, like Malonza had Malonza had an attitude in this one, right? Yeah. And it's it's very. I do think that. Um, Agonu needs to be like much like Kobe again. Like it, this needs it needs to be her team, you know. And I think I think that's just a fact. Uh, like she needs to be the, the centerpiece, and you could tell that she is on this team because it seemed like everyone came together and dug that extra centimeter like deeper just to be crisper just to be cleaner just to be just to be a little bit more efficient because obviously she was fantastic but the rest of the team as well as well so you could tell it meant a lot to them not only you're going against the two-time defending champs like that should be enough but there was that little bit more like let's go out there and let's 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 help it go to get this
0: you know who i was impressed by too who we i mean it's rare that we compliment this player on this channel but when when it's deserved it's deserved and that was miriam silla uh oh, I, yeah. I I thought Miriam Silla had an awesome game. Like statistically she was okay, like seven for fifteen, on, only eight points total. Like that wasn't that impactful on the stat sheet, but uh passed the ball well as the main target, what was reasonably efficient on offense and brought this really infectious energy that I liked watching. I think like she probably was the the number one player like you're talking about to feel the juice that Paola
1: Egonu needed in that matchup and help Paola give it to her we knew that those two those two are besties Oh, right? yeah. like like those those two feed off each other so that that that's not surprising at, at all and to me that's why you know we've been asking why how are they going with Scylla as opposed to you know inna a Cazote, um from france but it, it's clear why like she's a goners girl like yeah you know and i mean it, if, she,
0: if she plays like that it's it's a no brainer to keep playing her yeah, but uh, that's the big if um, yeah this this was uh, <laughs> a disappointingly lopsided game but it it was it provided some very interesting storylines for sure and kind of what we'll talk about i think throughout this show is and we've had the question over the past year two years ever and ever since we started the nine by nine 99 episodes ago crazy what's what's the 9x9 best the 99 for the nine by nine that's right what's the best league in the world on the women's side is it italy or is it turkey and after this week the answer is resoundingly italy if we looked at just this week alone the answer is resoundingly Italy, and the other the other blow in that particular battle was this one. Scandici beats Zajabasha three to one, and this match was awesome. This was this, this match was, was this was. I wish you went five. I, I really did. wish you went five, and it almost I, did. I, I, it,
1: it, it it did almost go five, but Scandici really pulls back. And now, Rob, I have to say this uh, uh, before we we get into it. For the past you know year and a little bit, I've viewed Scandici as you, team, you know. team. Like that, like like she was the superstar on that team. That that's who I look for. After this game, this game is undoubtedly Katarina Antropova's team. Like 100%. there's there's no there there is no doubt about it. She was phenomenal. Thirty two points, twenty seven for fifty eight, three blocks, two aces. She was incredible out there she, she, like and she was going toe-to-toe with boscovich who is up there in that upper echelon of opposites that, that we have in the world and she was unfazed this was a masterful performance by Scandichi through threw it through
0: yeah so impressed so impressed with antropova like you said toe-to-toe with boscovich their attacking numbers were very similar but antropova had the huge impact in the blocking and serving game and so the thing that impressed me most and it really came out in that first set which Scandicci steamrolled. I, th- I thought as we were watching that, like, oh my god, are we going to get another Malonza versus beat beatdown? Because the backcourt defense by Scandicci in that first set and the momentum that that created that that might that set and really the whole match but especially that first set that might have been the bat, best backcourt team defense in women's volleyball I've seen in years they, they dug so everything they so touched solid. every ball even like Anna Carolina the middle after she served she was chasing balls down over the barrier and bringing them back and then that was where Antropova really showed up because she was not only was she pretty efficient on high volume they were ridiculous out-of-system situations that she was taking swings at, too. And I, I thought she was outstanding. And uh, I, I do, though, give credit to Izajabasha for fighting back after... Uh, Huge fight. Huge fight from them. I mean, you, you, get, you get clapped 25-14 in the first set, and you respond uh, with with winning in the second. But what it came down to for me was I think Izajabasha was up 24-22 in the third mm-hmm. and let that one slip away. And... Uh, yeah you you lose an opportunity like that it's uh it's difficult to come back from
1: yeah 100 uh i thought for scandici you know the this was the first time that i really saw it all click yeah. at like a high level because even Britt Herbotts was fantastic this one 13 for 13 for 19 she only got blocked once no errors like 68 percent hitting that's not bad at all and Juting was was real solid uh sorry just stumbled mm-hmm. a all over her name was fantastic in defense she passed super well like this was a really good team effort by by scandici and that, yeah. that's what that's what it, that's what it came down to for me like yes of course antropov was fantastic but it was, it was the team effort and on the other side for zasha basha like they were having such issues on the left side like alexa didn't look good and when she when she came at the beginning, like I'll be the first one to say it, 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 it didn't look good. Uh, but yeah, even Roncova was six with three errors, <laughs> over six with three errors. Yikes! That's, that's, uh, that's that rough. was yeah. Like I was happy that when when they took her off, just like today, like it wasn't her day. But even Vronkova, who's supposed to be their P one, like seven for twenty. With three unforced errors, like just not that good out there for Zaba. Of course, um, Boscovich was was fantastic, and it was a really good right side battle. But um, you're not wrong, Rob. When we talked about the supremacy between Italy and uh, Turkey on this week, full full credit goes to uh, goes to Italy in this one.
0: Yep, that is that is an undoubtable conclusion after this week. Uh, a couple other thoughts on Zajabash. Like so, Berkay, our Turkish friend, is talking in the chat right now. He said he has a take. He says this game once again showed that how much Boskovic struggles to lead her team, unable to serve the ball well enough to put pressure on opponents and. Uh, when, she doesn't usually beat the other top three opposites in the world. Because mm. so for a long time, obviously it was Hawk Boschkovich and That was that that crew at the top, and now there's no question that Melissa Vargas belongs in that group as well. And it's clearly four elite players at that position in the world, and then there's a drop off after that. I think that next group five, six, seven is in some order: Entropova, Jordan Thompson, and Magdalena Stysiak. And then, depending on what position Abra Caricard plays, she's probably in there somewhere too. But uh, I, I would I would be very curious to put the numbers together of the last couple of years in both club and national team. Those four great opposites: Hawk, Boscovich, Egonu, Vargas. Their records against each other. Because I th- it feels to me like Berkaya is right, and Boscovich struggles to beat those other top players. Maybe I'm feeling that wrong, but. Uh, because statistically you look at the stat sheet and she was fine like she, her efficiency was within one percent of antropova's that did the math on it but uh it, it, it definitely felt to me in like Antrop- like antropova was the better player in this match oh
1: 100 there's there's no doubt about it like just how they were going to her um it, it was very much like the like the focal point um she was and boscovich, like it just I don't know, like and this is just like the eye test, like the gut feeling mm-hmm. um you could make the argument, however, that maybe especially in club she hasn't had around her what the others have had um I definitely think that's 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 part of the case. I don't know how much of a leader she is either like i I don't I haven't watched enough of her, and I've never seen her in person to like really make a comment on on that either um but you know what you, you're not necessarily wrong um i think definitely she's we the best that we've seen her is on a serbia team led by santarelli true right yeah like well, that's that's, that's world championship that's that's where we we've seen and the world championship before that as well did he right. lead them in that yeah pretty, i'm pretty sure he was coaching them too right so uh I think physically she has the ability to be amongst that that upper echelon. But Rob, I think that this may have been that flipping of, in terms like, in my mind, maybe, I might start putting Antropova just above Boscovich and Antropova is creeping closer, closer into that upper echelon of a group. Like let, let, let's, let's, let us be reminded too, that like Antropova wasn't terrible for the, uh, for the Italian national team. Oh no, she, she just, had a just, good
0: summer playing. with. Despite the
1: everything going on and, and all of the drama going on and and all of the noise around it, she was pretty good. Yeah. So I, I think like she's, you know, you know, but is this is this going to be a Spertoli situation where she's just going to be a fantastic Italian Italian who's sitting on the bench?
0: Well, I'm yeah. Antropova is very good. Is she is not above Tiana Boscovich yet? I, I will not I will not say that. That uh, there's it's getting there. getting still away. still a clear cutoff to me. But another thing that we got to talk about in this game is is the setting because we got a very a very good Maya Onyenevich game for Scandici against her former team. And Zadja Basha's setting situation is still very much up in the air. I mean, I, I feel bad for Elif Shaheen. Because everywhere she goes, she ends up starting every match on the bench. Even though, in my opinion, she's the best Turkish shedder there is. Because she can't start over John Suozba, even though every time she comes off the bench, they win on the national team. And here she can't start over Naz, who retired from the national team a couple of years ago. Even though when Shaheen comes off the bench, she wins. Like She, she plays better. So some coach is going to have to figure that out eventually that she is actually the best of the three current Turkish setters that there
1: are. So I want to keep my eye on that as well. Too many trench coats on the sidelines uh, in and world volleyball out here. But but you're not wrong. I mean her her injection into the lineup is what like brought them back into it in the second set and, and revitalized things and if only if only oh actually like why did I say like Akbas isn't even a trench coat. That's the most frustrating thing. Yeah, he's
0: a a younger guy that still can't figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Remember last year when Zajibasa went undefeated in the regular season and everybody wanted Mm -hmm. him to take the Turkish national team job, and then they blew it in every tournament they played, and then he and Croatia got relegated from VNL?
1: What a what a fall from grace! Thank God, thank God he went and got Santarelli. My yeah. goodness, that 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 man is a that man is a maestro. What like what, truly, what a truly is. No is question. there is there another coach? I know this is a bit of a sidebar, but is there another coach right now who is on the same run that Santarelli is? Like how many how many different events has he won? Oh man, uh, the, the only like thing... he he wins multiple trophies a year on he does. both in the club and the international level. I mean, yeah, he was literally
0: flawless this national team season. It was just like Corneliano getting pumped by Fenerbahce in last year's Champions League. That's been the only recent miss, but uh, I mean, nothing, nothing anyone could have done about that Fenerbahce serving from last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's no question that Santoro is the best coach in the world. Uh, here, so here are the rest of the scores from Champions League and like even the games that we didn't talk about in detail. Look at that. I mean, there were there were five five setters. Like this is what we've been waiting for. In Women's Champions League, like even even the games that weren't including the elite contenders were still good. Like Likane versus Wood, good. Potsdam versus Kasi Komnik, like that shouldn't have been as good as it was, but 16-14 in the fifth. Uh, like plenty plenty more five setters in there, uh, and then Fenerbahce was the saving grace for the Turkish League, uh, beating Budavani Wuj in a three dong. But uh, th- th- this is the week of Women's Champions League that we've been waiting to see. And unfortunately, this week starting tomorrow, we go right back to those same matchups from week one, where there were nine three dongs and one four setter, where it's just going to be beatdowns, and it's not even really worth talking about. It's it's kind of annoying. I also don't understand why they're rushing this calendar so much. I've never so, like I've it's never so seen so fast. Yeah, we're halfway through Champions League in the first week of December.
1: I've we're I've just, never seen that, which before. is crazy because the Superfinals are still going to be like end of May, right? right? <laughs> like we we are rushing to wait. We are we are rushing to wait. Spread it out a little bit. Like, yeah, what are we is doing? The holiday season. Give the player time. Especially like if you you just had such a jam packed international season, you're going to jam pack Champions League. Like, think of the players here, guys. Goodness gracious. I hope they all get like a month off around the holidays and and, and
0: the new how? year. Uh, they, uh, dude, there's there's know. no way
1: there's no possible way that anyone's getting any time off in the volleyball world yeah this this is volleyball
0: we're talking about but uh yeah shout outs to women's champions league for giving us some really good entertainment last week and then uh similar shout out to women's champions league for not even being watchable this coming
1: week it's it's the the duality of that tournament before before we move on Stefan in this chat is bringing up some good some good points boscovich is two world championship golds three european championship gold and four olympic medals
0: yeah her national team career has been way better now like Hawk plays for sweden and vargas yeah. has only played for a year so there's an asterisk there but uh a, 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 interesting part of that conversation for sure uh get in the volleyball source discord let, let's let, let's have some more detail on this topic of uh you know vargas Hawk, boscovich agonu Let's let's compare the four of them. Get in the volleyball source Discord. Links in the description. We'll uh, we we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about this in some more detail.
1: We'll we'll, we'll do out there. Um, is that all we want to talk about here for for the women's side, Rob? Yep. Let's was, move on to a, men. It was a massive day on on either side. As I said, Wednesday was one of my uh, more favorite days. And Rob on the women's side. We talked about Italy's domination of Turkey on the men's side. It was Turkey's domination uh, over everyone else. Two massive five setters with the teams from the uh picking up some big wins. Uh, where do you want to start?
0: Well, let's go chronological and do Hawk Bank versus Berlin first. Cause that was, Love it. we were excited about that series. Cause it was two, two big matches in the same gym. Cause Halkbank and zero bank share that arena in Ankara. And so first thing in the morning, at least my time, uh, the, the Berlin recycling volleys came to town. And Berlin went up two to one in that game and should have won that match. <laughs> they really should have. Like Berlin had, what, three, maybe four match points in the fourth set in, in that overtime there that went 29-27. And that, man, that, that ball that, that got dug and just fell. And when no, nobody touched that ball in the second
1: contact. and that, oh, that was. Berlin. That was painful. That was painful. painful. That was that was when you felt like you could literally feel oh. the uh, momentum switch like a fan. Like it was just like as if there was an oscillating in the fan in the room. Just like, ha nope, nope, <laughs> no more for you. Um, that was really tough to watch for Berlin. I do want to give Berlin some kudos in this one though. Like they came out and 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 they they played a really good game. Um, but this hockey team is fun to watch, man. This is a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they're real fun, and
0: and Berlin, man, as as well as they played, and they got a point out of this, but they they are probably kicking themselves because I think they caught Hulk, they caught Hawkbank on a day when Hawkbank was pretty beatable. Uh, Namir was not good, thirteen for thirty four with ten errors, and was uh, only moderately impactful from the service line. Like that is. When when you get one of those wings from Hawkbank on a day like that, that you kind of gotta capitalize on it. And uh, Berlin with Marek Sotola had the closest thing to a women's volleyball opposite stat line that we've seen in a while twenty five for fifty. When's the last time you saw a men's volleyball player with fifty attempts in a match? Like that just doesn't happen that much anymore. Yeah,
1: no, it it really doesn't. They were really feeding him the ball. And he was he was pretty good, right? Like twenty five for fifty yeah. is, is some good some good numbers. He did Dude, get blocked awesome. six times, the three errors, you know. Um, but overall, like Mark Sutala was was really solid. I, I, I really liked him. Um
0: look at just, look at those look at those serving numbers for Berlin. Thirty one errors.
1: Yeah, that's tough. Thirty one errors. Only two more aces than uh, than bank as well too uh, they went they went six for twenty two um it, it just seemed like Hawk bank like, like Hawk like knew they were gonna come back this one it wasn't their cleanest effort for, uh let's say but it was fun it, it, it because, was fun because it wasn't their cleanest effort it made it
0: very very fun and i I definitely think Berlin's probably kicking themselves for um uh, missing those chances there in the
1: fourth set. I do, th- I do think that this this Hulkbank team likes to have fun, and that may lead to some, you know, some up and down play. Sure, sure, uh, yeah. There's,
0: there's, there's no question that there are <laughs> players on that team that certainly like to have a good time. But uh, that was a, a phenomenal appetizer for the game that came later, where Zeratbang took on the defending champs and Zoxa. Zeratbang went up 2-0. And I actually give Zoxa a huge amount of credit for fighting back and stealing a point because this looked yes. like it this looked like it was over, and uh Zoxa convincingly won that that those third and fourth sets to come back and grab a point. And I was very impressed by that, but matt anderson Matt Anderson won that match single handedly in the fifth he had a kill, then an ace, then forced an overpass, and then like a near ace on match point that Ended up winning it. It was really cool to see Matt Anderson. Uh, I mean, twenty-one for thirty-six is at outside hitter is an amazing stat line. Uh, yeah, Passes six the ball points well, in that fifth set. Six points six. in the fifth set. So yeah, he five he, five for eight. He took over. He dominated in, in the fifth, and then uh, nobody could touch him when it got there. But I do give Zoxa a lot of credit for fighting back and grabbing a point. This is a fun, fun, fun match.
1: Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, it, it's a tough one out there with Vladislav Gill setting uh, this team. Yeah, you he did not tell, look good. <laughs> he did not look good. You can just tell that this 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 offense is just trying to work through the kinks of not having Janusz run it. And I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like was the fact that they were still 51% on the day is astonishing. It really comes down to that that third and fourth set when they they really tuned or turned it on. I thought Kashmarek, was 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 pretty solid in this one. Slivka was was ridiculous. Um who do they ha- who do they have on the on the left? No, it was it was Bed-Nurs. No, Um it was Bednor and Slivka, but they're just they're just missing they're just missing that crispness. It's yep. so hard to execute that offense when you mm-hmm. don't have Jana running With it. It's
0: a third string setter, yeah, don't ever yep.
1: think that setter doesn't matter, boys and girls. Uh, yeah. On the other side of it though, Rob do you do you wish that you would have had this Matt Anderson play for Team USA this summer? Because it has looks like he's been much better um, for for Zerot Bank than he was for the Stars and Stripes this summer. I'm
0: not worried about Matt Anderson. I mean, what what have we lost like two matches the entire summer, three matches, oh, yeah. On, only yeah, one one important match, like. VNL Silver, like, easy win at Norsica, easy 7-0 and at Olympic walls. Like, I'm not at all worried about anybody on Team USA performing. But uh, I, I do want to give Baderhan Bubul a shout-out in the middle because he's quickly, like, he, oh yeah, climbing up quickly up what should be people's world middle blocker list because this kid is good. He's really springy. He blocks seven balls and went eight for 12 with an ace. I mean, 16 points for a middle, the second highest on the team is, is sick. So, got to give him a shout out. And Valtteri uh, Turmatt was not quite his usual self. I mean, thirteen for thirty-nine with eight errors is not great. Um, and I'm just, e- even though Zero, you know, they went up two nothing, they 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 took control early. I still don't understand why we didn't see Luciano Vicentine. I I don't understand that either. There's no way uh, he's the fourth outside on the depth chart on that team.
1: Yeah, I really didn't get that. Like, why aren't we seeing Vincentine? What What is going on there? Somebody in Turkey oh, needs to needs to go over to Ankara and, and figure this out because Vincentine is good. He is really damn good. He's awesome, uh, and I and I think he would fit well in this team too. Like, I think he would be a really nice piece and a really nice addition to the team. So that that was um, exceedingly frustrating because it's Champions League. There's no, there's no foreigner limits. There's, right. there's no issues with that throw out there like come on let, let's 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 get him out there i know twinstra has been there a little bit longer so to me maybe that's why but
0: that seems like the thing with their coach is that he really like prioritizes the guys that have been there for a while uh with the exception of matt anderson apparently but uh yeah of I
1: mean, course you can't you don't bring in matt anderson and and not play him
0: right but I, I mean, Vicentine gives them a better chance to win, in my opinion. So uh, they did win. Credit to Zero Bank. That was a good game. Uh, but I'm excited to see those two teams play again in Poland when uh, hopefully Zox's setter situation is a little more stable.
1: Yeah, definitely. That that, that that's uh, that's going to be great. I do. I'm interested to see how this plays out for Zaksa. I'm not worried because we saw it to a worse degree, I think, last last year, right, where they. Like before they had bed this this was like a, a middle of the pack a, a middle of the pack Plus league team, and I mean they still finished fifth in the Plus league because of because of how they started last season. I'm not right. I'm not worried, but I'm interested to see how they what repercussions they have because they have had to like struggle a little bit early on, mostly in the Champions League, because it's really going to affect how it how it plays out in the, out in the playoffs.
0: For sure. Now, now Eric Shoji even told us, like when when we did the preview with him, that zox's goal is to just get to the bracket as far as Champions League goes. Like they yeah, they sure. under they understand the difficulty of the schedule and balancing Champions League and Plus Liga, and their pool is pretty hard. I think we were on the same page that they have the second most difficult pool in the tournament. But once, like this is Zoxa we're talking about. They've won, th- they've won three of these in a row, and uh, I don't know of any of the three. I don't think they've won their pool any of the three times. M- maybe the no. second one. and uh, the, definitely, se- the second one, they got away lost. with it because they, they, they got a, a free advancement in the bracket the one year. But we, we talked about the bracket runs they've gone on in two of those three Champions League wins. So uh, get them to the yeah. playoffs, and they'll be just fine.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. As I said, I'm not worried. I'm just interested to see what, how it's it's going to work because it's, yeah. they're probably not going to come in as that at that true as that traditional uh, number one seed. Uh, look, looking uh, elsewhere around the Champions League from last week, Rob. Anything else you want to talk to? Obviously, big shout out to the Loonberg boys. They are yeah. still the Loonberg boys, Rob. Get this little stat for you. They have the highest percentage of any Champions League team ever. They are perfect 2-0. They have never lost in the Champions League. <laughs> Best team ever confirmed? I think we can say that. Love um, it. But seriously, big shout-out to them. Uh, nice little 3-1 win over uh, Les Pums. Yeah, I watched okay. that
0: game. I, I really enjoyed watching that game. That was pretty competitive. But Lundberg was better. Lundberg was better than Guaguas. Oh, 100%. and percent uh, Absolutely. So, like... And I was talking to an American buddy. My shout out to Eric Mahalski, played at Stanford. He used to play at Ljubljana and played a little Champions League back in the day. Um, he was watching this these guys and like he was like, okay, why is this Lindbergh team so much better than last year? Because they're they're similar enough, and they the reasons to me. Other like we we love to talk about the North American guys, but it to me it's the two Germans that are in their starting lineup yeah. playing transformationally better that are the reason Lindberghs playing so well. Yeah, I mean Jan Buma. 17 for 27 and two aces at opposite like that that's that's spectacular like above 50 percent efficiency in a champions league game like that's that's wonderful and then eric Ruhr is similarly good like 15 for 28 and pass the ball lights out like those two guys have been lundberg's two best players as as much as we love to talk about of like the four americans and four canadians or whatever
1: it is those two german guys that have been carrying that luber team so far I understand. I thought Gage was really good in this one. Gage too. is great. His, his passing stats are, are, are phenomenal out there. Jesse Alser also pretty good. Fifteen for 30, 17 points uh, out there as well with with a couple of aces. Um, Did get a six okay. times, but we'll, we can ignore. We can ignore that one. That one.
0: Did he? Oh, he did get ACC. Yeah, Yikes! Tough. That is tough. But, uh, shout out to Gage. Gage brought Gage pulled like a a play where he was jumping over a barrier, like had one <laughs> foot on the barrier and backhanded fist brought a ball back in. But then his teammates I'd pro- his yeah, teammate expect- promptly freeballed the ball out of bounds, so that was disappointing. But that was a cool play. Uh, yeah, very impressed with Lundberg so far. Now they get. Um, I think they get JSW in their next game, so we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, we said it in the preview, Rob. This was Lundberg's perfect opportunity to to, to advance through this pool, right? Yep. And like, the, right now they go four they have and two that, and
0: take second.
1: Get four and two, take seven, second, and probably get clobbered with by whoever they play. Let's like imagine they like matched up with Berlin or something. I guess that probably wouldn't happen because Berlin's not going to win the pool, but still, um, who knows? Good on, good on the the Bloomberg boys uh, around the Champions League. What else? Piacenza beat Benfica. Yeah, that was a good game.
0: To... That was a good game. And and Benfica, Benfica, Benfica actually had Benfica's a chance solid. to, yeah, they are but, but good home crowd there in Portugal. Uh, Benfica really had a chance to steal that fourth set. Honestly, though they, Piacenza almost gave it away. But uh remember Everett last week when I was like, Hey, keep your eye on Robert Landy Simone. It's been a while since we've seen a nice Robert Landy Simone <laughs> stat line. How about this one? 17 points, 10 for 14 attacking three blocks, four aces. That's, yeah, that's not I, bad. That's what we're talking about. That's, that's not bad. That's the big man dominating. Now, now, I I, I thought Pierce Schenko played pretty well. He like they were matched up against each other, and Pierce held his own. But uh, I mean, Robert Landy is Robert Landy.
1: Robert Landy is Robert Landy, and he will forever be Robert Landy. That's like, right. There's, yeah, no. There's 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 so many things. There's, whole year on the best you do against Robert Landy. Really, and really, truly. Um.
0: Also, Gironi was awful and should not have started every set. <laughs> 6 for 17
1: four errors. I don't know understand why they just don't go to But out back on the right side. Like that's truly what it should be. I agree. Right? like that's cuz that's, that's how they should rock
0: we'll it. We'll talk about Italy in a bit but Francesca Recine is one of the hottest players in volleyball right now.
1: He's been doing really, really well. Uh, real quick, Rob, you were really high on Olympiacos. You laughed at me quite a bit when I didn't think that they'd be that good. They lost, just lost to the La Rosalaire. Any comments on that?
0: Yeah, they got three-donged, and I was very disappointed. I was not expecting that. I mean, they took a set from Zoxa the week before, and then they get three-donged by a Belgian team. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> that's tough for now that they, they are set by Dragon Travica. So I think that's that's this the- this, this is one
1: like my one of my biggest things like from the beginning you were like oh I'm pretty high on Olympiacos and I was like why you've got tragic <laughs> setting like we know what follows because like w- watch this they've lost a couple of games things are going to start to spiral they're going to start to yell at each other boom it's all done it's it's all gone <laughs> you you've got some really good old names over there but man like they 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 just do not have. Like, I would pick a young team like Rosalair over an old crabby team who are like living <laughs> in Athens. These guys are eating like tons of just pastries and baklava and all this stuff. Like, they're not there to play ball. They're there, they're there to have a good time.
0: Apparently, uh, another one is uh, last week we were. Talking about Rosovia getting upset by tours and TJ DeFalco being pretty bad. What a bounce back this is. Seventeen points in a three dong over Ljubljana. Seventeen points in three sets is outrageous. Twelve well, for nineteen attacking with five stuff blocks. So gross.
1: uh not a surprising bounce back from TJ DeFalco Falco at all. No. Good for him. That's 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 very that's to be expected from yeah. TJ. Um I more and more like TJ is becoming one of the elite outsides for me in, in the world. TJ's um, sick, dude. He, so he is sick. And he's very much shade of Jiba. Just like watching him and watching Jiba, Like there's, there's so many, just the way he ex- moves to the ball and he explodes to the ball and he's so calm and yet so fiery. Like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff there. So uh, I love watching TJ play. Glad to see him bounce back. Me too.
0: Uh, Trentino also beat tours pretty convincingly. I'll, Alessandro Micheletto 11 for 24, 5 blocks, 4 aces. Yikes. Yikes. that that is domination.
1: M- Micheletto has been fantastic this year. I yeah, think uh, he's been he's, really he's, hot. he's he's been one of the best players in the world for me. He's one of the top scorers. He's second highest scorer in Italy right now. I will have to double check that, that's but true. I I'm I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure that's where he is. And he's just been real solid, like really really good. Uh, both in Champions League and, and in league play. You'd love to see it.
0: We'll talk about uh his stats in Italy in a minute. But yeah, I think that that's it for Champions League from last week. Uh no Champions League for the Ben this week because we have the Club World Championship, which we'll talk about in a minute. But uh I think they yeah, they're off they're, they're off this week and then they come back yeah next week so the 12th, like next uh next Tuesday men's Champions League comes back. Love it. It's, so far it's been pretty much going as expected. Yeah, but it's, every week has been fun. There ha- there hasn't been like any snooze fest weeks so far like there have been on the women's side. And uh, next week, I mean, we'll talk about it on next week's show. We got some banger matches next week. We yeah, some, we, we do. We got some bangers next week. Yeah,
1: but I'm um, actually, Rob, you mentioned World Club Championships. We'll, we'll touch it at the end of the show, but I'm actually excited for it. Yeah, me too. This They actually have some good teams. Uh, minus one. It's actually <laughs> <some good> teams. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 we'll talk about that uh a little bit later. Um is that, does that wrap it up for uh Champions League? It does.
0: Uh let's take a quick break before we jump into Italy to talk about that volleyballstore.com now. The promo
1: code daddy I believe has expired and that's okay, Benito. You can still use spicy though. Yes. Spicy 15% will 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 get you the goods, get you the gear. A lot of you jumped on on that uh 25% off uh daddy code. So we we appreciate you for for that so that one is expired but still use the code spicy which
0: is our sort of eternal discount code for viewers of the nine by nine that volleyball lots of good stuff uh you got daddy stankovic and the volleyball source v right there i really like that collection so um head over there pick some stuff up and speaking of daddy stankovic who daddy Ah, it's time for everybody's favorite segment uh, where our, our hero, our mascot, Dragon Stankovic, is hidden somewhere inside every episode of the 9x9. And if you guys find him and comment a timestamp of where he is, uh, you get a shout out on the next week's show. So last week we were talking about that Barn Burner 4442 set in the Lega Volley Feminile, and you see front and center in the crowd up there in the corner. <laughs> He's a paramedic now. He yeah, can do uh, it all. He yeah, can really do it all. He's one of the paramedics in the front row. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I have just the most fun every week with Daddy Stonkovich. So we had a bunch of people find him and uh, a few new names. Are this guy Gedman and uh, Martin Johnson and Noel Marrero. Okay. Uh, all three of the, you guys found, found Daddy Stonkovich. So good job. Keep keep getting new people participating in this segment. I love to see it. So If you find Daddy hidden in this episode, Wait until the live stream is over, then comment in like the main YouTube comment section the timestamp of where he is. That's how you play.
1: Love it. Where's daddy? By the way, where's daddy's shirt?
0: By the way, where's daddy's shirt? He's somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where, but he's somewhere. He is somewhere. Speaking oh. of daddy, daddy plays in the Super Lega. Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, Daddy. Uh, Daddy just barely walked away with a five-set win this week over Toronto, which is not a team you should be going to five with if you're mode nut and you want to be taken at all seriously. Well, apparently it's a um, team
0: that everybody is going to five with because Toronto oh, is I... zero and eight, but they have five points. Five of their eight losses have been in five <laughs> sets, which is insane, isn't that ridiculous? I've never heard of anything like that. Like to, to go zero <laughs> and eight but have five points.
1: This is a, that's like like soccer numbers, like where a team has like winless, but they are still in the playoff picture because they have all draws like that's that's what this is. This, that's what this is that's like.
0: Probably my number one complaint about why soccer sucks is because of ties. That's the dumbest thing in all of sports. You have a way to break the tie. Break the tie. There's ties in the NFL, too, though. Yeah, and there shouldn't be. That sucks. That's stupid. Anyway, uh, Maxim Saposhkov came back in this one for Modena and uh, was very good. What, like twenty five points on twenty four for thirty six, and they still needed five sets
1: to beat Toronto. Like that, that's bad, Modena. Figure it out. I don't think they're gonna figure it out. Like this isn't a good Modena team. It, 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 it really isn't. And I think going away from Gianni was a bad decision. I, I really do. I'm worried about what we're gonna see from Modena over, over the next little bit. Because like when I make my depth chart right now in my head they're like hovering around like not making the playoffs. Like there's there's a lot of teams that I rate better than Modena right let's, now in let's this
0: look league. at let's look at the standings. I mean they're right? in, like what is that seventh?
1: I I wouldn't exp- I wouldn't be surprised if 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 uh if uh, Verona jump drum- jumps them. Like Verona's bad right now and <laughs> Really bad. <laughs> but they have the potential. They have the potential to make a run. So I, I don't know. Like other than that, like like this is a team that used to win championships. Now they're fighting stand outs. Just saying.
0: Well, uh when when you're struggling and you need to make some changes in the third set or the fourth set, you know what you do if you're mode enough? You bring in Daddy Stankovic
1: you have to you bring in daddy Daddy Stokovich and
0: goes and goes three for for four with a block and just brings that daddy presence to help them win that fifth set so uh yeah Toronto's gonna steal a game eventually. They're, they're, there's no way they're gonna go winless. They're better than that, but statistically they're still not good at like any position, other than Jeff Gendrick, who is amazing. Eight for
1: 10, 5 blocks in an ace. Like that is come on. that show some respect to the hair, the legend, Mr. Filippo Lanza. He was sixteen for twenty nine. Yeah, but look at his passing numbers. Seven. Yeah, his passing numbers aren't ten, great. Aced five they're times. They're aced five awesome. times. But Gutierrez also got aced five times. Man, I need to more watch more of this Toronto team. This is probably on a hilarious team to watch they probably, they probably Kendrick, are pretty funny kyle russell gutierrez felipe Lanza, love it love it i need to next week this week i'm going to watch uh toronto i'm going to make, make myself sit down and, and watch. Them because
0: <laughs> yeah that's great what they, they, they play they play piacenza that actually could be a comedy show of a game. Oh. that, that be, if there's any if there's any
1: game to watch two teams that love to go to five and you've got cubans on either side so you know that there's going to be some fireworks uh uh in this one that actually could be real fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one match that I definitely want to talk to you about, Rob, Trento absolutely Oof. stomping Lube. It wasn't quite to the Maloneza versus Valkov Bank that we saw earlier in the week of the Champions League. Pretty but close, this, this was never in any doubt. This was never close to being Lube's game. It was never close to be not being Trento's game. Um, they were in control the entirety of the time. DiCecco looked bad looked really bad only 41% hitting not even efficiency yeah that's bad hitting eight errors got blocked six times for Lube as a team two and two for Trento just night and day for these two teams
0: yeah that yeah, Trentino looked crispy uh Micheletto again was was, was sick nice 12 for 21 a block and three aces like this this dude is on a tear right now it's very fun to watch him him dominate the way that he did when he burst onto the scene a couple years ago. And when Lube's bad, what's the first place I look is outside hitters. Nikolov was was dreadful. Uh, mm-hmm. Aced three times on six reception attempts. <laughs> is so bad. And uh, got 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 the hook pretty early. Which is a bummer because Nikolov's passed the ball really well this year so far. He has, uh, yes. just Not this one. And then uh, Ivan Zaitsev was really bad. Three for 11. And even Adis Lagumsha. This is his first really bad game of the year. Six for 22 with six errors. So just let no, nothing work for Lube. Throw this game in the trash, move on to the next one and, and just try and be better next time. But yeah, this was uh, what I wrote in the, in the show notes. A swift and merciless donging. <laughs> that's, that's what this was.
1: <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. A swift and merciless donging. That's it's exactly, exactly what it was. Um, it was yeah, it was really just all Trento yep. the entire time. That that's really all I can say. I do think that when Trento's rolling like this, you really need to crack them. And right now, Lube wasn't like, well, especially last weekend, like Lube wasn't even coming close to doing that. Um but they kind of have to play almost a perfect game if they want to be able to do that like they have to play a similar game that they played to against Perugia for that that win against them yeah. uh, if if they if they want to crack um if they want to crack Trentino yeah
0: Trentino's very good and they're like we always talk about them their floor is very high they never yes. play they they never play down they rarely have bad games they're just
1: very difficult to beat and despite having a new coach they've really continued with that that style totally which I, which i have really and like i mean Personnel wise, organization, good organization, hundred like, percent, it, definitely in the top five organizations in in world volleyball, men's or women's. It doesn't really matter. um But like when you look at the personnel on the floor too, like these are guys who, like, it's all the same guys. Other than Ricci, and he fits like his style of play fits so well yeah. into this. It's it's just uh, it's just really easy for Miro though, Rob. When you look at the Super Leg if you look at the standings after it goes, it goes Perugia, Trento, and then after that. It's absolute fire sale because like (laughs) Monza, Piacenza, Lube, Milano, they're all beating each other. And I have no idea who, who the next best team is. It is a completely different story. I mean, Milano kicked the crap out of Monza yesterday. I oh, was not that was not that. even close. I was I was out and about. I went and got my Christmas tree. You know, got a, I was busy this week. We're we're getting festive around here. I'm just seeing the Discord like blow up again about Milano versus Monza. Well, and, let's, talk uh, let's, let's, yeah, talk let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. 100, let's 100. Let's talk about it because I was looking at the stats and it seems like Monza, just like decided they weren't going to play yeah they, they, they decided they, to take a crap instead of instead of playing on this one
0: yeah they never got off the bus 14 service errors, zero aces it, it was it, it was it was it horrifically bad serving across the board uh offense wasn't good ron takahashi hit zero john luca galassi hit negative and missed a bunch of serves and got yanked like uh, mar was probably the best player nine for sixteen but there was this, this just was never even a game. And and it wasn't really that Milano played great. It was Monza making 14 service errors, 10 unforced attacking errors, and getting blocked 13 times in three sets. Like, that's it.
1: It's a lot. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's, they, that's they gave 37, up 37,
0: 37 points basically just given away
1: wow that and that's that if if you were to ask me who after after Trento would be the 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 second the the team the the most the least likely sorry to have a game like this, it would be Monza just by how steady they've been all year, but this is bad. Yeah, that
0: was bad. I, I hope that they bounce back, and I think that they will. But this yeah, is this never even close. This, this is like Lube. This is a burn the tape sort of game. Like, nothing there's nothing to learn from this game. Just forget about
1: it and move on. And Milano is really weird this season, where they have games like this, and then they have bad games. I know they started without Poro for so long, but they've also been all over the place. Once again, that pack of Lube, Piacenza, Monza, Milano, like. Modena on Verona on the outside that is interesting like give me more of this there's yeah. this the Super League is so compelling this year and I absolutely love
0: it yeah that, that's that's where the the drama is right now is right in the middle of the pack uh, only other thing I wanted to talk about in Super League is Piacenza Piacenza beat Verona three to zero that's no surprise Verona is is just an absolute dumpster fire and I hate watching them and they're frustrating and they're annoying and I don't like it they need Namori K to back badly. Uh, their their statistics were horrific, other than having 15 blocks, which was good. Um, in three sets, they had their their middle attackers had nine attempts, nine attempts. That drives me crazy. I hate that so much. So Verona figure it out. Fire Stoichev. We've talked about it a bunch, but the only thing I wanted to talk about here is something that I've never heard of or never seen anywhere ever. Manuel Zlatanov gets in a game for Piacenza at age 15. The youngest player in Super Lega history, 15 years old, eight months, 25 days, finds his way in a Super Lega game. Thinking about what I was doing at 15, especially like in a volleyball oh, context. Oh, like-
1: I was I was playing my first year of club. See, I <laughs> was bad. I was bad. There's 15 no way. years old in the Super Lega. And he got a point. Yeah, he did. He, he he went out there and got a point. You know what? That's is 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 he can maybe our Italian fans can let us know. Like, is he legitimate or is this uh like how does this come about? How do, yeah, how how does this how is how does this come about? Great question. I have no idea. You know, because like other than that, like Leon was playing for Cuba when he was like 16. Right, micheletto was playing for Trento when he was like 18. But volleyball isn't generally a sport that you really excel at at the younger ages. Not this at all. Gymnastics, no. You know, there's a lot of physicality, and you really need to come into yourself to be able to play. So the fact that he was able to go and get a outstanding for you, kid.
0: Yeah, to even be like remotely close to physically ready to play in the Superliga at 15 and a half is is the nuttiest thing I've ever heard. So uh, credit to Manuel Zlatanov. I think that that record of youngest player in the Superliga, that's going to stand for a while. (laughs) That's going to stand for a while. I don't see anybody breaking that one.
1: Def, definitely not, especially oh. not in, in, in this this uh, day and age. Yeah. Anything else you want to chat about uh, from this past week of the leg, Superlega, Volley? There, um, Padova beat,
0: Ka- beat Catania, Perugia beat Chisterna, Whatever, those are those Who are
1: interesting. Who cares? Um, although is still leading the Superlega right now um, in scoring, he has 159 points. Mm. In eight matches played, Uh is in second with 144.
0: That's not surprising. I mean, he's really the only scorer on Chisterna's roster. Yeah,
1: pretty much. He's the, he's the only guy. Paul Go- Buchkeger, though, is leading in points per set with uh, okay. 4.89. It's
0: because Catania hasn't played very many sets because they get three-donged all the time. <laughs> You're not wrong. Sorry. <laughs> You're not. You're not wrong. All right. All right. Um, Lega of Femminile. Let's check out a couple things here. The first thing that jumped out to me is, so when you see Malonza beating Casa Maggiore in five, you might think like, okay, what the hell is Malonza doing? They did play the bench for the first two sets, but what really jumped out to me here was the score of the fifth. That is not a typo.
1: That's a disrespectful score. That says 15 to two. <laughs> that's, that's a disrespectful score. That is not a typo. <laughs>
0: Fifteen to two. Oh, I looked at the stats. I think it was it was it was mostly Dana Retke serving. She went on like a nine point run or something like that. It was uh, I think uh, like two or three unforced errors, two or three aces, two or three blocks. Like and it it was just never even competitive. I mean, fifteen to two. You you don't see. You know what. you
1: know what this scoreline reminds me of, Rob? This is going to be very topical. Have you seen that clip that started going around from the weekend of a, a basketball game? And this guy going in, he's got an open layup, goes to lay it in, he gets yep, blocked. Yep. The ball comes down, the guy who blocks grabs it, and the guy has fallen out of bounds, and he throws the ball at him, so he catches <laughs> the ball out of bounds just goes the other way. Like, the disrespect of that play is the disrespect of this game. You're being like oh my god like we're beating monza like we, we could do this we can do this no sorry nope. <laughs> like 15-2 you don't you don't matter
0: <laughs> yeah that's 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 tough uh yeah malonza like started with basically the whole bench they put in a Gonu and some other characters and like the i think late second set started the third set and then uh never looked back and yeah it was so wait wait you you tell
1: me that it was all off of retke serving in the fifth Did so she's standing float
0: she had she had nine service attempts and, and two aces. It's kinda like a jump float, yeah. Like pretty a, pretty pedestrian looking serve. Yeah, obviously. like
1: that's like I, I respect Reiki's game a lot, but serving is not one of the the areas that I think she's phenomenal in. I agree. Um, so that's that's a bad look for Casa Majority. That that to me is a mental breakdown.
0: For sure. I I mean that pretty pretty clearly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that that was really interesting. And then the uh, Corneliano-Novara ended up being a pretty good game. 3-1, uh, to one, Novara statistically wasn't super good. They didn't have a whole lot going on on offense. Like, let's see. Uh, Vita Akimova was 17, was the only player doing anything at all on offense. But uh, I thought Khalil Lanier was really good, which I love to see. Uh, 12 for 33 with uh, five, five aces. aces. That's pretty yes. nice. Love that. Yeah, I like to see that. Uh, other than that, really no drama. We did see uh, Bergamo get, get their first win after firing their coach, but they played Trentino, who's the worst team in the league.
1: So That's too bad. That's too bad that Trentino's bad.
0: It's weird that Trentino's bad. It is the same organization. It's the same club as, as the men. Mm-hmm. And the men they are maybe
1: out of one of our Italians can give us some insight as to why the men are so and the women are so trash.
0: <sighs> just clearly they just don't put the same amount of resources in it. They or they are are they aren't there yet? Because they've bounced back and forth between the top league and they've been relegated a couple yeah. times the last few years.
1: I'm trying to see if there's Roma just continues to pick up wins, eh? Roma's good. Like- I I actually I love the fact that that Rome is good, and I've said this before. Like, I I like it when big cities are good at volleyball. Me too. I I, I I think it's important. Like volleyball has always been. Like even when you go to to Poland, like a, a lot of the volleyball is played in smaller cities. Like in Italy, it's the same thing. Like it's not the big because like the big cities have big soccer clubs, and like volleyball kind of falls off to the wayside. So it's I like it when big cities are 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 good because it just you know it it helps grow the sport a little bit more.
0: Totally. Yeah, like Milano on men's and women's side. Milano on the men's side is by far the biggest city that has a Super League team. And it's it's fun when they're good, and it's fun when Roma's good. It's fun when Vershava is good, and Poland, yeah. for example. Uh, now, Turkey has all their best teams in the biggest cities, but uh, it's fun when Berlin is good, obviously. Yeah, it's good to have uh, volleyball, good volleyball being played in big places.
1: All right, Rob. Let's let's move on from from Billy Unless do you have the, do you have the standings there? You want to flash the standings now? All right. Uh, I, I um, don't.
0: I don't have. them. sorry. No, no it's all good. Here are the Plus standings, though. Uh, we can talk about Poland a little bit. Um, I didn't see anything super exciting. Like definitely no upsets on paper. I watched a couple games though. I watched Zoxa play Cooper and Lubin, and uh, they who man, I need to look it up. Another sort of mid-season move, or a, a guy that became healthier, a guy that I didn't know much about, this Krzysztof Zapłodzki guy. Um, I know really nothing about him, but I think he set this game? No, who is he? Is he a middle? No, he was an outside. For who? Inter- Sorry? For Zoxa. I Against Lublin. Lublin? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, he didn't really score much, but um, came in and passed the ball and and served an ace, and Maybe maybe he's like a backcourt DS of some kind. I don't know. Uh, I guess just an outside that, that was only really a passer, and they just didn't set him. But um, he was there, and it was good enough to get a three zero win. And uh, Jake Haynes, I think Jake Haynes is hurt for Lubin. He started this game, but didn't finish it, and he was good. So I think that he he might have gotten hurt in the middle, which is a bummer.
1: Jake Haynes has been good this. I, I I think he he fits in well in in the uh, in, in the Polish league. Um, Siewaki. So up 2-0 on belts off right now.
0: Oh, they're playing right now. Okay, interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah. 25 21, 20, 25 21 in both the first and both the sets. Um Okay. I yeah. do want to I do want to chat about Asavierchi um, beating Gdansk um, this week. I thought that yeah. was a really good win by, That was probably by the best
0: best game on paper. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Kleveno was super good. Uh, 17 for 26, 57% efficiency. That's awesome and uh Mateusz Biniak had Mateusz Biniak had a very Mateusz Biniak like stat line: eleven for 17, two blocks, and four aces. This is the Xavier I, I was waiting for. This is the Xavier that I picked to win
1: the league this year. They're awesome. And like honestly, like I tuned into this one for for a little bit, and there was at times when like it looked like I thought that Getanski was going to run away with this one. Like I, I thought that they were starting to look really, really good, and Xavier battled back nicely. Like this is this this was a good look for Xavier for Zavierci for me.
0: Yeah. And uh Gdansk is kind of playing greater than their talents on paper because they lost yeah, their best, they, they lost all their best players from last year, but uh Mikhail Savitsky is having himself a really good year uh, at outside. Is, Him and Jan Martinez is a nice little duo because uh, like Martinez we know the Argentinian guy who's littler. I mean he went twelve for twenty two on offense, which is sick. But yeah, Savitsky's I mean, got a cannon. So that, yeah. So uh, Gdansk is solid, and they have uh, our, one of our favorite setters in Lucas Kampa, who actually isn't even playing that much. It's interesting. Yeah, but, the, that is interesting. Who's but, Patrick yeah. the, the German? <laughs> that, that, I know. That's a, that's a funny translation.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, if you go um, on the single website, it's Patrick the German. <laughs> is is Winiarski still coaching Gdansk? No, he's on Zavierche. No,
1: so he's Re- Zavierche. Okay, as
0: a revenge game for him against his former club. Yeah.
1: Did you see? I like a bunch of like all the news of Yerchi players got knighted. Yeah,
0: I did a, see that
1: after the game. I saw that. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, and they yeah. all get given like a little toque that like looks like a, a knight's uh, helmet. I would love to hear the because it seems like the like knights are a very big theme around Seviers. I'd I'd lo- love to hear why.
0: Yeah, I I don't know why. It is kind of fun. I like it. Uh, other than that, yeah, all the big dogs in the PlusLiga won this week. Like Rosovia three dongs, Scra, one, won, uh, Vershava won easily, JSW won easily. Uh, we saw Taylor Averill get in for Vershava a little bit, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Have you have you seen on Taylor's Instagram? You, are you familiar with his play that he calls the Golden Eagle? I yes. love I, I love it. I, I love it when this happens. And so well, it's, then
1: he was also, he was also posting about how. Um, th- so, um, Cody Kessel had to slot in as middle for Berlin and Kessel got one in his first game. Amazing. <laughs> That's so good.
0: So for people that haven't seen it, it's when, if you get an overpass as a middle, instead of going up and hitting it, you go up and jump set it to your outside. And he takes a swing on the second contact and the Taylor calls that the golden Eagle and he got one in his first game back with Vershava. And then, yeah, like, like Everett said, Cody Kessel randomly playing in the middle. He got one for Berlin. It was on Instagram. It was pretty sick. It's a cool play.
1: Love it. I love it. Um, mm. Anything else here to talk about uh, Plusliga? Nope. Is there anything else in terms of other leagues or anything else that, that we want to uh, chat about?
0: Uh, real quick, uh, we were talking about Valkiv Bank earlier. They struggled to beat Aiden this week in the League, And just yeah. sort of a continuation of the theme that that team just got to figure it out a little bit.
1: Yeah, it, there's there's there seems to be some issues on the back end. I wonder what's going on over there. Is Guidetti losing his control? Yeah,
0: so some people are asking the questions. Maybe those some people are Everett DeLorme, but <laughs> some people are asking the questions. Also, uh THY needing 5 sets to beat Chukarova is really bad. Like that team is not good and uh, THY with I think like Mokris and Julia Bergman and like all, all those players that where bigger names have just not been good this season for that team, Thya currently not in playoff position.
1: Yeah, they have been struggling mightily. Um, all right, want to go talk about some World Club Championships here, Robert?
0: Yes, our favorite tournament, the Club uh, World Championship.
1: I think this one might be good. This one's gonna. I, I think, think this one's gonna be kind of good. Yeah. I, I, I think if if there was ever the the chance to um, have it be a good one, I think it would be this one. I, mean, I really think it would be, um, but we'll have to see. Six teams, of course, going to be competing uh, in this one. And when you go down the list, Rob, it's actually not that bad. Five of the five of the six teams are actually legitimate. We still have two teams from Brazil. I don't know why, but in Group A, we've got Minas. Um, Perugia and then the Ahmedabad defenders, the home team out of India, uh, of course, playing in the Pro Volleyball League from India. Um, I, can't wait can to, I can't wait to see them play Perugia. That's going to uh, be so that, funny. I, I, that is going to be must watch TV for me, no <laughs> doubt about it. Pool uh, yeah. B, you've got Sada Cruzeiro, of course. They basically buy their way in every year. Hulk Bank, Ankara. And then for the first time, as long as I've known the World Club Championships happen, I've never seen a Japanese team play. I'm Which, excited. I'm excited. Suntory Sunbirds coming in. Dmitry Mazursky, baby. Dmitry Mazursky. When's the last time you get to watch Dmitry Mazursky play? I haven't like,
0: watched Dmitry Mazursky probably, probably since before COVID. And he's he's the best. He was one of the best players of a generation. He was the best middle blocker in the world for a while there. He was... Obviously, the, the storyline of the greatest coaching decision of all time, moving him to the right side in the 2012 Olympics. And uh, obviously, he's gigantic and old and slow and way past his prime. But uh, I miss Dimitri Mazurski. I'm excited to have him in my life again this week. Yeah, Absolutely. it's interesting. I'm, like I'm, like you said, the Japanese teams, for some reason, never show up in this tournament because I guess they never usually play the Asian Club Championship. But I guess also, this year they decided you know,
1: like to the- the Iranian teams love to just pack like Yeah they like, do every year for the Asian club championships they just pack their teams with like Engapeth and Namir and Simone and Gord Perrin and all all of these guys and they win and then they bring like the worst teams. I'll never for, I will never forget the fact that an Iranian team lost to Trinity Western back in 2012 in this event. Like, that will forever be one of my favorite things. Uh, fun fact, the Spartans had 27 blocks in that match. That's oh, my so God. Most, <laughs> right? Like, you got blocked 27 times by a bunch of, like, university kids. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, uh, I will... I have yet to see... I have yet to find the respect for an Iranian team at these events. I hope the Suntory can do a little bit better
0: yeah I hope so too uh yeah Minas as far as Brazilian teams go they're I think they're okay they've got they've got a couple names you recognize they've got Arthur Buchmiuk, the Canadian Brazilian no guy. he got injured oh he did bummer
1: yeah he had he got injured and he had to have surgery earlier this season so he's he's out for the season oh uh, that's too bad uh
0: they also have Austin Wilmot an American middle from Pepperdine who I like so I'm hoping the best for him. But Sada Crucero is obviously the best team in Brazil. They always are. I assume they've got kind of the, the usual suspects like uh, Miguel Lopez and Wallace. And yeah, okay. I'm looking at it. Furiarte setting, Lucao, Otavio. Yeah, the usual suspects.
1: Um, I'm looking at the Abana, uh, Umadabad, um roster right now. They do feature former NCAA player uh, Max Seneca. The um, Australian Waves guy? Yeah, who plays for Australia, form, formerly at the University of Charleston.
0: Okay. Uh, speaking of Charleston, I just did a video yesterday with uh, all the coaches in the EIVA, including our boy Luke Reynolds. So that was real fun. Go check that out. But uh, this tournament, I mean, it's going to be Perugia versus Hawkbank. And it, it will probably be in the finals unless Hawkbank loses to Sato Crucero and Poole somehow. Um, but I, when those two teams do play and they will either in the semis or the finals, I'm very excited for that because they won't play in champions league. Remember Perugia is not in that tournament. Uh, I think that it'll be fireworks if, and when we see Hawkbank versus Perugia. So that will be fun. Um, that That's, that's worth tuning into the, the times of these games. If you're in North America are not great. They're, they're pretty early in the morning. Uh, yeah. They're like five 30 AM my time. At least that's mm-hmm. when they, that's when they start. So, but there's usually like a nine AM game my time that I'll be able to watch. So yeah, it starts on uh, it starts tomorrow, and uh, so pool play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, semifinals Saturday, medal matches Sunday, all on Volleyball World TV if you want to watch.
1: Yeah, I'll probably tune into uh, a little bit of stuff. I'm yeah. I'm I really want to watch the Suntory play. Me too.
0: As for Japanese guys, like they didn't have as many Japanese national team guys as I wanted them to have. I was looking at the roster. I think they have uh, Onodera in the middle, and that was about it. But uh, I, I'm excited to see Mizerski. That'll be yeah. Fun. I don't.
1: I don't think Centauri is like one of the best teams in Japan this year. I haven't really been following Japan all that much. But I'm uh...
0: gonna try and pull up the standings of the the, the V League right now. Okay, St- so, Centauri is in second. Okay, they're behind the JT Thunder's.
1: Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're having a pretty good year. Isn't JTAC the team in the Shida and stuff like that? I think so. What are so. they doing in seventh? Yeah,
0: that's tough. Yeah, so Suntory's got Onodera. Onider- they've got Rui Takahashi, who's a, um, not not to be confused with Ran. Uh, they've got Yuan Tai, the Chinese outside, who plays for the national team. I'm surprised that they have room on the roster for him. They've got a Cuban guy, of course. Who doesn't have a Cuban guy? Uh yeah, I, I honestly don't recognize that many names on uh, on the team. So, but I'm excited to see Mazurski. I think that'll be fun. Uh yeah. So people in the in the chat who are who are more familiar with Japanese ball are telling us what's up. I'm excited for Hawkbang versus Perugia. That that's going to be a, a must watch game.
1: Uh, absolutely so i do think there's a, like a little bit more intrigue like i'm interested to see how the japanese team uh does i'm also very wildly intrigued to see how this uh indian team does i'm just excited to see as well because i know that india is like like the, the pvl has done pretty well and they've got good crowds and like there's been good fanfare around it so i'm interested to see kind of what happens over me too
0: COVID-19. yeah playing it in india but that's kind of the thing i'm most interested in is like putting Volleyball in India on the world stage like this I, I don't expect their team to be very good but it does seem like they the the PVL the last two years has been commercially successful and there there is definitely some fan support for volleyball in India so I'm excited to see how that goes just how they are at running an international event so that's kind of what I'm going to have my eyes on it'll be interesting
1: yeah very much so I think it's I think it's going to be a, a good time I would love to see them play with the PVL rules that's that's really what i want to see best of 7 to, super, to 15
0: and super best of 7 and... to
1: 15 cap at 15 you don't need to win by two super point all of that stuff love it i, I absolutely love it <laughs> that
0: would be so funny if they played that for they played that for for the world club championship uh all right last but not least ever i think the last thing we got to talk about is the sweet 16 uh, of the women's ncaa tournament it was, a, it was a good first couple days. That first round on, like, Thursday and Friday last week definitely had some upsets. But now that we're of the final 16 teams, I think it's all almost entirely chalk. Like, I think the, the lowest-seeded team to make it this far is a five-seed. Like, Georgia Tech and Penn State beat their respective four-seeds. And, yeah. uh, and uh, so sort did of Arizona State. They beat BYU. But uh, everybody else is uh, – all, all the seeded teams made it predictably to the Sweet 16. And now we're going to get some bangers. Now we're going to get some really, really fun games. Uh, the round of 16 is Thursday. The round of 8 is Saturday. And I'm really excited about them.
1: Yeah, I would be too if I could watch. Um, I've been finding it a little difficult um, from Canada to, to watch these matches. Um, but from what I understand, it's been a fantastic tournament so far. I'm still pulling poll- for Kentucky um, to make that and run. And Joe. Um, they're be, Joe will be taking on uh, Arkansas. The round is 16, so that's gonna be fun. What do you think the best matchup here is? Um
0: uh, Wisconsin obviously. versus Penn State is awesome. Like Penn State Ooh. is Penn State is a little bit down this year, but you can never count that program out. And like a I, I like seeing conference rivalries in the NCAA tournament. So like Big Ten game there, uh, SEC game with Arkansas versus Kentucky. Like Arkansas is good, and so is Kentucky. Uh, that's fun. Pac-12 game Arizona State versus Stanford, that's fun. Um, I think, I don't know very much about Washington State. I'm curious to see how they hang in against Pitt. And then uh, Purdue versus Oregon, obviously I'm interested in that with uh, my Boilermakers having a good first two games at home, but now uh, without that home crowd advantage against uh, Oregon, who's good. I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, Texas versus Tennessee, I'm not as high on Tennessee as their ranking. They're a three seed. I think Texas should take care of them honestly, pretty easily. And same with Nebraska against Georgia Tech. I don't think that'll be that close. But uh, Creighton versus Louisville is good as well. Uh, Louisville's been to the Final Four recently, and Creighton is really solid.
1: Okay. I love that. Sorry.
0: And I think these will be like last Mm -hmm. week, it was all like ESPN plus. Like not only was it geo-blocked it's in the u.s you also had to have a subscription uh, i think it's going to be a little bit easier to watch them this week so get in the volleyball source discord will we will um, figure it out how to watch these games out if you're outside of the u.s and uh, we'll we'll help you out in there so join that we'll join maybe that we anyway
1: obviously but definitely for this maybe we can have some of our american fans uh screen screen uh, uh stream it on discord for us
0: yeah, that, that's that's possible. That's worked for us before. Uh, Shout-outs to Bear Kai for helping one of the Champions League games last week. That was nice. He's done it a few times though.
1: It's been great. It's been great.
0: Uh, yeah, good point in the chat. That Hawaii Oregon game was super good. Or uh, Oregon? No wait, Hawaii almost got Oregon. Am I looking at the wrong game? Because that was a three don. <laughs> uh, Hawaii did beat Iowa State though in the first round, which I predicted. I called that upset. There were a couple of those first-round upsets that I I felt good that I was was on top of. Like, uh, what was the other one? Yeah, Minnesota beating Utah State. I called uh, USC giving Pittsburgh a game. I I, I wasn't surprised by that. Uh, Yeah, the the NCAA tournament's cool. And, yeah, these games are going to be super good uh, starting Thursday. So uh, get in the Discord. We will help you. Uh, We'll help you watch them. No, these are not on Volleyball World TV. Sorry. Volleyball World TV only has the Big Ten Conference, not the whole NCAA, and apparently not even the whole Big Ten Conference, which is really dumb. uh, It sucks.
1: None of the big matches were on uh, the Big Ten Conference on Volleyball World TV this year. It sucked. Yeah, that's You can watch Rutgers, though, if you want. Gross. Rutgers is always on there. I always do. (laughs)
0: Don't don't watch Rutgers. If I, if I can give you one piece of advice about the NCAA anything for any sport, don't, it's don't watch Rutgers. Just don't do it. Uh, uh I think that's it. I think that's the show. Do we have anything else? No, I think that's Tuto Finito. Cool. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for dealing with our slightly earlier time slot than usual. Uh, tune in to Women's Champions League tomorrow or, honestly, don't it's probably not going to be that good <laughs> tune into the <laughs> tune into the club world championship on the men's side tune into the, the usual volleyball over the weekend women's NCAA tournament and one last time please go check out the links in the description to support Thompson Rivers University and their recovery if you can and uh, that's it thanks for watching we will see you all next week adios guys
1: have a great week